Hello and welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. Hello, my friends. What's happening? Welcome to the show. I'm Lindsay. This is Krista. We're here for the party. We're here to party. And if you're new, <laughs> what's up? We've been doing this for six years now. We built it from the ground up. Lindsay and I didn't know anything about podcasting or building businesses when we started. And now... Here we are, Here wearing we are. hilarious matching hats. <laughs> Actually, our guest today, these are her brands, oh, Cubby's Hats. And I love this hat. I'm obsessed with this. She's like, you can give it to your mom. I'm like, um, no. <laughs> well, I mean, Emily is from the world of fashion. I'm like, yeah. of course you have a cute It's so dope. Hat. So she came <laughs> in so kind, brought us gifts, mm-hmm. some of her new line, and then these dope hats. And we were like, we need to put them on for the intro. So if yes. you're watching on YouTube, that's these hats. They look and fit, feel amazing. And actually, I manifested this because lately I've been walking around and I'm like, I need a baseball hat. Oh. I need to keep it chill and low key with a baseball hat. You need to not be recognized. A hundred percent. Everyone's recognizing me. <laughs> no, that, but there is something sexy about a woman in a baseball hat. Oh, I completely agree. You know what I mean? I'm such a hot person. I'm that's like, why I need. <laughs> I'm so sexy. I'm, I'm so I'm, hot. Yes, honestly. Watch oh my out. God. I was wearing a bucket hat. I was in Las Vegas a few weekends ago. I don't want to talk about it, but I was wearing a bucket hat, and this guy comes up to me. He's like, "Yo, that's a sweet kangaroo hat." Kangu, what's that? I was like, sir, it's Kangle. Oh. He's like, what? I was like, it's Kangle. He's like, no, it's Kangu. I'm He's like, like, oh, she said Kigo. Yeah, so <laughs> true. But maybe that was the reason. Maybe, you know what? I always think about that. I'm like, maybe that's a good line because in your starting conversation, if you're messing totally. up the name. He's so like, I don't, what? I don't think that's what was happening, but if it was, <laughs> I'll never forget someone. I remember I was somewhere with Justin and some guy came up to me and was like, it was when we used to go to bars. Mm. And he was like, oh, I, I know you from somewhere. Where do I know you? And I was like, for 10 minutes. I was like, oh my God. I'm trying to think. I'm like, hmm, maybe Ohio. <laughs> like, And Justin's like, he's not, he's hitting on you. And I was like, I didn't realize, but that's a good one. That is a good one. It's like, I, hey, I recognize you from somewhere. Where? Totally. But it's a total lie. I know. <laughs> Lying's not a good pickup line, I guess. <laughs> Basically, we're sexy baseball hat girls. What of it? Here we are. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, Emily is just, it's one of those people that just, she's beautiful on the outside, but like she's also extra beautiful when you like meet her because mm-hmm. you're like, your heart is just so pure. So she's pure. sweet. She's funny. She's just cool. a smiley, cool beautiful person. It's weird. I, I love I've watched her YouTube. I love mm-hmm. her YouTube channel. And that's, you know, a lot of the reason why we wanted to have her on the show to talk about just being a content creator, body um, positivity, your body, mm-hmm. you know, acceptance and a few other things. But I was like, when I watched her on YouTube, I'm like, she's so cool. Mm-hmm. And she's smart. I was like, oh, she's like really cool and really smart. And there's something really magnetic about her. Yeah, completely. Yeah. She, she tells us just like, I, I like, in interviews when we can kind of go back, you know, and kind of track like her story because I find, you know, there's always these little pieces of someone's story that they kind of like gloss over in speaking, but then it just says so much about them. And I mean, she was on her own in New York since she was like 18, you know? And I think that really takes a a very special type of person to really like take New York by the, by the horns. <laughs> Dude. By the, be like, I didn't take it by- By the lasso? <laughs> by the <laughs> reins. By the- That's a big thing to take it by the balls when you're 18. <laughs> like, dude. She's like, I didn't do that. 
<laughs> but you know, that takes courage. It does. It really takes courage. But she probably didn't know what the, you know, it's I like. I mean, to be that young and be so impressionable yes. and be in those type of rooms mm-hmm. and have your body judged and criticized. Yeah. Like, I feel like we think about how critical body criticism and it's 99% us talking to ourselves. Mm-hmm. But to have that inner dialogue and then have it affirmed or even made more extreme through critiques and feedback from casting directors and people in the industry is unreal. Well, it's just always so distorted because, you know, it's like they're making these, they're either saying no or making these like offhanded comments about things. And it's, it's usually something so silly. Do you know what I mean? Not silly, but like, um, it's like, her hair is too brown. You know, it's like these things that like you you can't change about yourself, but obviously, especially if you're young, you're impressionable. You're like, well, maybe I can't change that about myself. Yeah, and maybe I can like be too chosen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, too friendly. They said to come late. So it's so weird. That's a vibe with a casting. Well, it's an air because- Yes. And I think last thing I'll say about casting, but like the, I, I feel like, they're also thinking about what is it going to be like to work with this person. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if it feels green, they're like, ah, I'm a little nervous. You feel green. You feel they're like, oh, she's friendly. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> they're like, be late. Don't be friendly. They're like, I'm thinking about working with them. <laughs> they're going to be late <laughs> yeah, and not literally. friendly. It's like, literally. it's such a, that's the whole, that whole industry because of that freaks me out. Mm-hmm. That whole vibe of like, be, don't care, show up late, mm-hmm. be cool, we're all black. Yes. Well, she was on time. I'll say that. Dude, she, was she was on time to our one interview. One minute early. But we're here in New York. Uh, Krista is here visiting and we are batching our episodes, which is, you know, a change that we've made since I moved to New York. Um, and I feel like it's gone pretty smoothly, but there's mm-hmm. definitely an adjustment period. And when we do get together and we make these trips, we've had to really kind of adjust how we manage our energy. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about actually for tour, I think we batched more than I thought. And then actually when we were working full-time jobs, we were were actually batching more than I thought. So actually we've we've batched a lot more than I thought, but Mm -hmm. I feel like these weeks, like, so Lindsay and I will get together every other month for about Mm -hmm. a week and a half and do at least like probably like three interviews a day and then have other types of recording. And, you know, I was thinking when we were recording yesterday about how, how tight you have to be and how sometimes, you know, if you're not well slept or you're not well rested or you're not on top of it, you can like lose your thought, you can lose your words. And when your business is speaking or when your career is speaking and making connections to things and asking the right questions and being interested and being on, it's so different. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how our routines have to like help us support that. So it's like, you know, when I was working in the corporate world or doing other things, my routine supported like a different part of what I do. But we have to be so sharp to like be on for the interviews. Because if you've listened or if you've, you know, if this is your first time or if you've listened for a long time, we don't cut really anything. We don't do much editing beyond, you know, just like general editing things that people do. So we try and be like as sharp as possible. But I think for me, what's really helped in in that world is just sort of being mindful in my morning of like what I'm consuming. And that is like not getting on Slack if we have interviews because then I'm sort of caught up in the day-to-day mm-hmm. of of what we need to do. And that will really bring me out of the moment. So if I'm reading emails or Slack or text messages, then I can be so in the world of like, I should get by my computer. I should do this thing. I need to get on monday.com and reply to this 
thing or whatever. And that will completely bring my energy out of like where it needs to be. So I think it's really important for even people that are working in different types of jobs, like what sort of energy hygiene or how are you going to be mindful of what you're consuming before important things you're doing, important meetings, important um, presentations or whatever it is, because you can have that residue of the to-do list from that brought into something that's really important to you. Mm-hmm. Like get it. We're like athletes. <laughs> athletes. But kind of. You really. know, it's like you we got our baseball hats on. We're for real <laughs> athletes. But you really have to get in the zone. Yes. You know, and I am someone that gets incredibly I can get incredibly distracted and then just wrapped up in things like almost like emotionally, not like, it's not dramatic. It's more so like if there is something on Slack and if there is a conversation over here, I get a text message. It's like I split Mm -hmm. and then I'm not fully in my body. And then I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I have to be here, first of all. And also just really thinking thoughtfully about like, okay, who's coming? Who's coming into the studio? What is my intention with this conversation? What is our intention, you know, in inviting this person on the show. And then, you know, how do I want to make them feel? Like just kind of really getting into that zone because I think I can get, I'm, I do some of the technical stuff when we're doing interviews and, and in doing that, sometimes I'm like, oh wait, like there's a person in front of me, you know, there's Mm -hmm. a human being here. And so it's like being really mindful of like my own energy And then just like connecting with that person, you know, because I think that's part of like the je ne sais quoi of our interviews is that we really take time beforehand to just like ground down with with this person. We don't like say like, hey, we're grounding down right now. We're just like having a normal conversation. And I think that's really, really helpful. Another thing I'll say is like um, preparation. You know, I've definitely gone into interviews um, not as prepared as I've wanted to be. And um, that adds to my nerves. That makes, you know, what I say very like kind of vague and unclear. And then I just have anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's never good. Yeah. And I think us getting on walks every morning, getting mm-hmm. outside. So if you can, you know, getting outside before you start your day, moving your body in some way that feels really good. I would feel like if I sit for too long, I don't feel good. I'm mm-hmm. always moving. And so it's like being able to move and kind of get your energy out, get your body going, getting some nice sunlight really getting outside and remembering like the beauty of nature, the beauty of existence outside of like the work that you do, mm-hmm. I think is also really, really important and really helps me to be more present in our interviews. Yes, completely. And then just making sure that like, you know, Krista and I can like talk for hours about like what we have to do and the business and everything like that. And it's just kind of being mindful of like how much we're we're giving out like literally vocally, you know, it's, it's not only mm-hmm. about saving our voices, but it's really, you can get tired. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we just want to, you were saying earlier, like a silent retreat. It's like, sometimes we, it really serves us to be quiet for a little bit. So that like, I don't know, it's like pulling the energy back in. So I think that's really, really helpful. So whether we're just like working and we're not talking or we'll just kind of take time, go on a walk and yeah, just not talk too much is helpful. Yeah. I think, you know, finding those friends that you can be quiet with, that you can be silent with is really important. And I try and I've been trying this lately, but doing it Sundays, like being as long as I can in silence, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's the morning, it's like until Justin is 
looking for something and he needs me to like help him find something is when I talk. <laughs> but just trying to like do concertive time where you're like being silent and you're letting yourself rest and you're mm-hmm. letting all of your thoughts and emotions sort of like process and work through your body and work through your mind because we're consuming so much. You know, we're consuming so much online. We're consuming so much with podcasts, with YouTube, with social media, with relationships, with work that we often don't let what we're consuming or what we're learning sort of work through and integrate. And, you know, sleep is so important for that. That's really your brain's filing time of a lot of information. It's like putting away what's important to remember and it's really letting go of what isn't. It's like that cleaning system for your the computer of your body. So we have to always let ourselves, or we have to try to let ourselves do that naturally too. Mm-hmm. Having that like brain processing time to sort of work through emotions, whatever we're consuming, things that we're learning, et cetera. Yeah, for sure. And I think also just like injecting fun, mm-hmm. laughing. You know, if you are finding yourself at work getting a little bit unmotivated or um, yeah, just kind of like distracted in ways, I think like, I think laughing and yeah, just like having, even going outside, maybe skipping down the damn sidewalk, yes. something to just kind of move the energy. I think like humor, laughing, just breaks it up, you know? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes I can be so like focused and like, oh, we have to do this. And it's like, you know, that laughter can just kind of like, oh, okay, this is where I am. Huge. (laughs) My old friend at work, Ron, we used to put like post-it notes on each other's desks and they would just say like wild ass shit. So you'd like always, there's like little things like that or just, yeah, yeah, like little games or like little fun things you can incorporate and infuse through your day are so Mm -hmm. important. So giving yourself permission to be like playful and joyful, I think is really, really good. And that will breathe new life and energy into whatever it is that yeah. you're doing. Good ones. I loved this episode. Oh my God, I'm upset. I had the best time. I really it's had the best time. It's one of those time. just girl talk. Yeah, laugh. what do you call this episode? It's like, it's just like butter. We just butter, hang baby. and it's smooth. It's like, it, it was so fun. Like I'm excited to be her friend now. Yes. <laughs> Lindsay was like, no new friends, but she's in. Yeah, I just, yeah. When you, you know, when you meet someone yes. that you're like, oh, we would- we would really yes be good friends. A hundred percent. Yeah. She is such a hard worker. She's super smart, super creative. So she has her YouTube channel, which is really big. She has her TikTok. She has her Instagram. She models. She has a new skincare brand. And she just does a lot of things. She's someone that's super dynamic. She's someone that's always thinking ahead. She's someone that wears multiple hats. And she's really open about her life. And she shares things that she learned, things that she's going through. And I find her content to be really educational and valuable and just really grounded and beautiful. So I love her YouTube. That's like my favorite place to find Mm -hmm. her. And then um, she's been a model for years you know, a long time. She's been one of the biggest models in the world, honestly. She's worked with some of the biggest brands in the world and she's really transitioned that in a really beautiful way. And she's someone that is like a body, you know, acceptance advocate. She's mm-hmm. someone that, you know, came into the space as someone that they described as curvy or too athletic or too muscular. So I've really found her content around like body love really helpful as mm-hmm. well. And our conversation starts with that body conversation, which I know so many of you really find value in our discussions on that. Yes. And she is a soon-to-be mom. She is pregnant. So we talked uh, a bit about that, body changes, conversations with her husband and um, yeah, just transitioning. You know, you're, I feel like she's worn so many hats and had like a few different identities. And so just transitioning into motherhood is a whole other one. So she was 
very vulnerable about that. And again, the new brand is Covey. It's a skincare brand. So check it out. But thank you, Emily. We appreciate you coming on the show, coming to us in person. It was a blast. And you're a new friend. Yeah, new friend forever. <laughs> Almost 30 podcast on Instagram. Check out our Instagram. We're sharing insightful content all the time. Almost30.com. We have information on Lindsay and I, our story. We have our partners there. Podcast Pro is there. Tons of resources. And we've been updating the blog a lot. So we have a lot of informational posts on the blog where we really break down a lot of the uh, learnings from our episodes in a blog form so that you can share it and really dig in deeper. Beautiful. Thank you for listening. We will see you on the other side. Major announcement from Almost 30. We are hosting Space Camp on January 28th. This is our favorite event of the year. Camp Almost 30 has gotten a little bit of a rebrand because we were feeling like, I think we're ready to really go there (laughs) with our community. So we are welcoming guests who we feel have really taken us to a whole other planet in our interviews and in our conversations with them. So guests like Brie Melanson, she is going to be doing a workshop on psychic development, find and tap into your gifts. She is a teacher and channel and one who has really been such a support and teacher for Chris and I throughout the years. We are welcoming Jordan Younger. So she is going to help us find our galactic Origins. She is the podcast host of the Balanced Blonde podcast. She's an author. She's a spiritual teacher. We're also welcoming Lee Harris, who recently was on the podcast in a two-part episode, and he is going to channel the Z's live for us. How special. He does not do this often, so we feel very, very, very lucky. And we will also be welcoming Sandra Walter. So she is going to be teaching on Ascension 101, the crystalline grid and higher realm support. She is so special. She's a light worker and teacher and has been on the podcast. And Krista and I are going to be sharing a very, very, very special experience, heavenly coated Reiki infused sound bath. And I'm excited for you all to join us. So this is happening on January 28th from 10 to 2 p.m. PST. Make sure you sign up. Space is limited, but it's absolutely free. Absolutely free. We're excited to welcome you. And this is the kickoff to membership opening. So membership is going to be open indefinitely now. So you can join membership for six months at a time and really, really focus uh, and support your growth. It is our favorite place to just come and be ourselves and really get super intimate with you all, more intimate than on the podcast. So I'm excited for you all to join the membership, but head to almost30.com slash space dash camp. That's almost30.com slash space dash camp, space dash camp. (laughs) Say that 30 times. Almost30.com slash space dash camp to sign up for camp. Absolutely free. We will see you on January 28th. In the city, um, Kyle and I went out to Long Island for a little bit. Mm. We were um, in Wainscott, but aside from that, we were we've been here. Yeah. So just laying low. Yeah. How's it felt? 
I mean, it's just like watching the city go through so much. It was a lot. I feel like now, but it is really nice to see things just start to like liven up again. But then you're also kind of like dipping your toe in. And then I'm like, wait, I know. It's okay. Like, am I okay? (laughs) Is this allowed? Yes. It's like, it's just crazy. But, you know, I love New York. I'm from New York. Family's from New York. Also, my husband's family is all from New York. So, I'm pretty ride or die by it. So I'm just hoping it can like, and it has pulled through. But I do feel like I was walking around the West Village like two weekends ago and it was so young. Oh my God, it's so young. Wait, tell me more. Like, it's just like kids. Like, like, I I don't, are they fresh out of college? (laughs) Maybe they didn't go. I'm not sure. They're dressed up. They're They're, probably 12. Yeah, they're like, they're booked. (laughs) They're busy. And I was like, I don't, or or I'm super old. I 100%. can't. <laughs> yeah. There was people shooting. I was walking this morning at like 9 a.m. And there was a bunch of people shooting in um, like on Prince Street. And mm. I was like, there's probably like 12 of them. Yeah. And I was like, damn. I TikTok was like, it's time. early. TikTok. I was like, yo, it's early. <laughs> the sun is good. And they were full looks shooting. Dang. Busy. Uh, busy. I was yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> Not what I was doing at that age. Not what I was doing. <laughs> but it is weird too where you think I'm like, am I older or is everyone just younger? And it's weird because I feel like a disconnect with younger people. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like people that age, I'm looking at them like, I know. <laughs> what are you about? <laughs> like, well, they're about a lot. That's the thing. Yeah, that's true. Like they're doing so much mm-hmm. now. They're like little business entrepreneurs, content yes. creators, yes. you know? Like I look at you. them. Yeah, I guess. But I just feel like I wasn't booked, yeah. that booked and busy at, at like 16 or 17. I was like getting ready to go to like a quinceanera. Yeah, literally. <laughs> How long have you, so when you first moved to New York, was that for your modeling career? And yeah. what was that like? Just kind of navigating, navigating that world, but also within this city. Like we were talking before this about like the energy of New York. Yeah. So I moved here when I was 17, right after I graduated from high school. And I kind of had to make the, make the tough decision. All of my friends went away to college and I started modeling in my senior year of high school. And I, I guess I was booked and busy, you know, like I, my career took off like fairly quickly and I was applying to schools, but I was like, am I going to go to school or do I really want to try to be a model full time? And I look back and I'm like, I was so brave because like, I really didn't know if this was going to work out. It's not exactly something that like, you know, being a model, you can be the most beautiful, thin, perfect, energetic person in the room. That does not mean that you are going to be successful or do well, but I really wanted to try, which added a lot of pressure to my plate, I think. And I'm going to age myself, but I remember when I first moved to Manhattan, it was like August after I graduated from high school, it was just when Facebook was starting to become very popular, which I know probably I mean, makes same sense, <laughs> you know? Same. And all of my friends were posting like their Facebook albums, like in basements of fraternities, like having a blast. And I remember being like, oh my God, I'm missing out. Yes. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure. Know? I remember I studied abroad and I was literally looking at Facebook albums of like them in frat basements. Oh. I, was like, I was like, God, I want to like, go back. I miss the peace. I literally was like in Paris. I'm like, man, I miss Hamilton, Ohio right now. (laughs) Exactly. But I, I, I think also I was just like really lonely when I first moved to Manhattan. I didn't know anyone here. I didn't have kind of like the structure and stability of like going to school and meeting new people here. I was alone living in a studio and like waking up and going to castings and going to work and sometimes traveling. So I think I felt very ungrounded and kind of lost and confused 
confused and trying to find my way. But luckily, it didn't make me spiral into like any of the unhealthy things that you can get up to in New York. Like I was also wasn't extroverted enough to be like, I'm going to go hit the club or like do all these things. I was just like alone in my apartment. My husband's like, who does that? Like a 17 year old, you're young, you're like in Manhattan, you could probably get anything you wanted and do anything you wanted. And I was just like, I was like watching Gilmore Girls and going to Whole Foods when I was 17. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I mean, 17 still a baby. You know, know what I mean? Gosh. Yeah. I but you don't think it then. I know. I remember senior year of high school, I was like, I know everything there is to know. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need to know any more about yes. life. <laughs> I mean, you are like brave and blind yes. and like ready to take on the world at that age. Whereas now, if you asked me to go do that with this brain that I have, no way. Mm-hmm. Were you at 17? Because it's hard to be rejected and sort of hear criticism and especially about the things about modeling is about your body, about the way you look. Like, how were you able to like keep a clear mind and head when you were going through the process of going to castings all the time and being rejected? I mean, in the beginning, it was really, really hard. Like I was so green when I came into the industry and, you know, this was in like 2008, 2009. And back then all models truly did look exactly the same. Like everyone was white and blonde and thin and like six foot and had a 34 inch hip. So when I would walk into a casting, I really like, it was very clear that I did not fit in literally and figuratively Mm. because I was like a size six and like a healthy brunette, happy, like just, you know, you didn't have like a grimace (laughs) all the time, (laughs) but models were always like so cool and like dressed in all black and like wearing a leather jacket. And I remember I wore like my prom shoes to my first casting and I was like, do you see these bad boys? Like I look good. Um, But I think in the beginning, like I would just get so much feedback that I, first of all, of course, that I was too big, too curvy, too muscular. Um, Then I would also get feedback like too happy, too healthy, too, seriously. People would tell me like going into castings, like you need to smile less. Like you should, you should show up late, swear to God, show up a little bit late because like you're too eager. Hence why I showed up here at 1059. (laughs) Right? 1059, baby. I was like, wow, this, this, this woman, she's amazing. So, but I think the weight comments were really hard in the beginning, obviously when you're 17 years old, but I think I was so young and still figuring out my own body when people told me that I needed to lose weight. Like it did start off as simple as like, oh, well then I'll just like go to the gym and not eat McDonald's. Like then, and then that was at first like enough, but of course that escalated into like way more unhealthy Mm. behaviors because I was like, oh, this is working. I can keep going and keep going and keep going. And then as a model, like your body becomes your life. And then when you're also 17 years old and I was like, I don't really have anything else to do right now. And I felt so much pressure to be successful because I was like, I'm not in college right now. I don't know how to fix this if this doesn't work out. So there was like a level of drive there that led a lot of that. Yeah, it was it was definitely hard. Thank God my parents were close and they would come to visit me like constantly. But I think living in New York and just being alone in that atmosphere for the first few years was really tough. Oh, yeah. Do you remember like the conversations in your head you would have about your body? Like, and did that change as people were having conversations about your body to you or behind your, not behind your back, but not to your face? I think like 
I remember when I would get feedback or someone would say something and and they always try to say it in like a way, now it would never fly. Mm -hmm. But the things they would say like, oh, you know, just like five more pounds. Like I'll never forget I went to a fitting for a job, really big job. And it was shooting in two days. And they were like, if you could just do like three or four more pounds, it would like really make a difference. And I was like, but the shoot's in two days. Like how— How do I do that? But I think being so young and I was like so driven, like at first I was like a little task rabbit. Like I was like, okay, like if I just do like X, Y, and Z, then that will equal this and like I'll be successful and it'll be great. But the conversations in my head were definitely like dark, obsessive, just like constantly body checking, seeing what I looked like, comparing myself to other people. And then of course, when I look back on those photos now, I'm like, oh my Lord, like I was just like, disintegrating right in front of my own eyes. But that inner dialogue was definitely sad and dark and like very obsessive with like just trying to get to honestly nowhere because like you're just literally on, literally and figuratively, I was like on a treadmill to nowhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're like, I think they want me invisible. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think they want me like (laughs) unexistent. When, with that kind of dialogue, it's, it's hard to get out of that. So what has been your process for getting out of or like working with that dialogue? Because it's really like, uh, it becomes a part of you. Totally. I think like I did reach a point where I became so fed up with that inner dialogue. And I know it might not be helpful to hear this, but I do remember being kind of having to take responsibility for my own inner dialogue and conversations I was having with myself. Like the thoughts would come in like, oh, you're fat. Like I shouldn't have eaten that or I shouldn't have done that. Whereas now I'm like, literally shut the F up. Shut up. We're doing something else. I'm not doing that today. We're not going there. I don't feel like it. I'm tired. Like I just, it it takes you to such a dark place, but like kind of really intercepting those thoughts when they start creeping in. And like, even now that I'm pregnant, like I found myself sometimes looking in the mirror and being like, oh, well, that was not like that yesterday. Like what is happening? And then I'm literally like, forget it. Like, just stop. Like, what is the point of this? Where are we going with this? But like, just kind of being hard on yourself and taking responsibility in a way to be like, I am in control of what I think about and what I focus on right now. This is going to get me literally nowhere. What else can I do? What kind of habit or what can I focus on that's just going to take me away from that first and foremost and then have me feeling good after I do it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's always so surprising to me how quickly like, my perception of myself can change. It could be like bad lighting outside or like I didn't get enough sleep. I'm looking in the mirror. I'm like, you're a piece of shit. Like, you know what I mean? It's very weird. Yes. And then you put on a filter and you're like, wow. I know. You're (laughs) like, day is good. Yes. Or you know what I'm saying? Like where it's, it's almost because it's in moments, it's so ridiculous where I'm like, wait, yesterday I was feeling myself. Yes. Nothing's changed. Uh-huh. Okay. So it, it almost becomes so ridiculous that like, I almost don't trust my eyes sometimes mm-hmm. where I'm like, this, this is not real. This is a weird illusion. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it's really tapping into like, okay, how do I feel? You know, is there something like you said that can like make me feel really good? And then like the whole chemistry of it completely changes. Exactly. Yeah. It really is like, from day to day, things can change so much. And you you play mind tricks on yourself. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, why do we make ourselves so miserable? Like, you're br- we're brutal to ourselves. So it's like trying to step away from that. And I think all of us have had that experience of 
you know, you see a picture, like during the time you're looking at yourself, you're like, oh, and then you see yourself like five years later, you're like, damn, <laughs> wow. Like you looked amazing. And we do that even, it's like the goalpost always changes. Yes. You know, our goal of what we want to do always changes. And I think that's important when you're talking about your self-talk because it's really like starving the thought out. So it's like an immediate redirect. It's like, no, we're not going here like an immediate redirect. So there's like a lot of different ways that people can support themselves in that, whether that's with compassion and love or whether that's like the immediate redirect, that's still helpful. Did you get any therapy or like, was there anything else that you really? No, I did not go to therapy and I probably wish, I definitely wish that I had. Mm -hmm. I go to therapy now and I just feel like I, now at this point, that kind of dialogue doesn't even come up. Actually, I guess it does in terms of like pregnancy, but not mm. not how it was then. I think that my biggest saving grace was like going home, being with my family and being with people who like just didn't care what I looked like and what I was wearing and how enthusiastic I was. Like my parents and having that kind of grounding force in my life was really big. Cause I think if I, I, there's so many models here who are come from so far and they're like supporting their families back home and they don't have the option to like take a train 90 minutes and like be with their parents who mm -hmm. love them no matter what. So I think that was like a big, big, big part for me. Yeah. That's so important. And what's it, I guess, what has it been like to be in an industry that I feel like since you've gotten to New York has changed so much, you know, like to see it kind of go from everyone kind of looking the same and the brands or agencies expecting you to be a certain size, look, et cetera. And now I feel like it's changed so much. Yeah. I mean, I remember when things first started changing. I feel like what sticks out to me, I remember when Kate Upton was on the cover of Sports Illustrated in like 2013 or 14. And I remember people were like, oh my God. And even now when you look yeah. at Kate Upton, she's not hundred percent like in any way plus size or like particularly curvy, but people made it sound like she was just, it was just insane. Yeah. And, but I remember those moments were like so exhilarating and almost like a weight off my chest because I was like, every time that you would see someone who looked kind of like you or was a little bit curvier or whatever it might be, I was like, oh my God, things are getting better. Things are getting better. So if I felt that way, I can't even imagine how like the general public feels when they see someone who looks like them on a billboard or a commercial being celebrated, you know, because as a model, I was just kind of like, oh my God, like, this is so exciting. Like if she can do that, like maybe I can too. Like if she's good enough to be doing that, mm. you know, that opens doors for me too. So it does make me really really, really, really happy. I think it's like, because of the power of social media now, I think like brands don't really have a choice. You know, the, the consumer, whoever you want to call it, the customer, I don't know what you call it, has so much power and they have a voice whether you like it or not. And mm. they don't want to see the same exact girl every single season that they just don't relate to. I think like relatability is so important today. So it, it, it it's exciting, but it's also like, it also has totally changed like the barrier to entry to the industry. I think that's like to modeling fashion, to entertainment, whatever you want to call it. It's like probably the same with movie stars. It's like TikTokers are more relevant than like mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. <laughs> I love TikTok. Certain 
actors mm-hmm. and actresses. I'm like, who's that? But like Addison Ray, oh yeah, duh. Yes. Like, didn't you watch right. her show? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it's definitely like watching it change is interesting, um, but it's also like exciting. And I just feel like it's it's the right thing. It's what was needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like such a contrast too, because, you know, there's on billboards, there's people that look like us. There's more real bodies. There's, you know, skin that's untouched. There's brands that aren't retouching photos. But then also there's like more filter editing that's Mm -hmm. happening. And so it's weird because it's like, I overall perceive it to be positive because I don't think there was that at all. Like I was watching, there was like friends on the airport the other day and and the plane. And I was like, holy shit. They were rails. Rails. Straight rails, no, there's no bones about it. They were rails. And I was like, wow, there really was no body difference. Like everyone was sort of a rail and I was like, wow, it's refreshing because now you see more people just having the bodies. But um, so it's like that contrast of people having filters and editing and all of that. But for people, like people on the outside perceive models to be a certain thing. And what would you say that like models is misunderstood about models or the modeling industry? I mean, I think what people don't understand is probably that they think that like you're tall and thin and beautiful and you walk into a room and that's all you need where that's not true. I think that's one part of it. Like the amount of rejection that models have to deal with and just the feedback is really, really tough. And kind of like what I mentioned earlier, it's, it's not like another job where it's like, oh, hey, like this report sucks. Like go fix it. (laughs) And someone's like, I don't like your face. And that's why we didn't book you. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> Got it. You're like, me yeah. neither. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that you say it, yes. you're right. Um, so that kind of sucks because there's like this lack of control or lack of ability to be like, well, I'll just work really hard and, and then I'll be successful. Um, I also think, of course, people think that like modeling is glamorous and easy and all of that. And it, it's not like... You're sometimes standing for 10, 12, 14, 16. I have gone for 24 hours on a modeling job and you just wow. have to like smile and perform and do what you need to do. And, you know, things have changed a little bit, but, you know, when I was modeling years ago, people didn't really care that much about how models felt and how they were doing on set. And it's really hard when you're young because you kind of have to be the one to be like, oh, hey, like I'm unwell and need to sit down. And I would also wow. like a glass of water. And I would also like lunch. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to go to the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. And then I think also now the newer challenge with being a model is like, you know, being pretty is just not good enough. You need to do more, have more. You need to have personality. Social media matters. So you're kind of doing like 20 jobs at once now in order to kind of like stay out there. So that's another element of it. But I think people see the travel and the jet setting. They're like, that's so awesome. And I'm like, when I think about the periods of my life where I was like the most successful or at the top of my career, I was on an airplane every single day. Like I was so sad. I was so lonely, so homesick. I just remember when social media started becoming really important, like agencies and management would be like, hey, having a following is like super important. So go like do that, okay? And I would be like, what? This is like in 2015 or 14 when Instagram Mm. started getting big and it was like, you know, models would have millions of followers and would come onto the scene. And I'd be like, why would anyone care about like what I ate for breakfast? Like, how Mm -hmm. do I even begin this journey? Um, 
But I think it varies day to day and month to month and like period of time. Like right now I'm pregnant and so many things just don't feel relevant or interesting. I feel like imposter syndrome and so many different things. But what I try to do with my content is like, I always want to help people in some way, whether that's like how to do something or how I do something or how I overcame something. Like one of my most popular videos on YouTube is how to look good in every photo. I was just looking at that. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember I felt so cringe when I put that out. I felt so Zoolander-y. Like I'm like, hey guys, this is how you pose. But like almost 3 million people found that helpful to them. Mm -hmm. And like, that's always what I want when I put out content. I never wanted to be a content creator who's just like, here's the day in my life of just like what I'm eating. And like, here's like my outfit, kind of like that lifestyle stuff, which performs so well for some people. I always knew I'm like, I want this to help someone. I want them to watch it and go like, oh, I know how to do my hair now. Or I know how to do that makeup look now. Mm -hmm. Just something somewhat valuable to them, even if it is just like something as simple as doing your hair or your makeup. But it is a lot of work, right? And But I do enjoy that work because as a model, you show up and they tell you how to look and how to talk and how to smile and what you look like for the day. And you don't really have a lot of say in what happens beyond that. So once I started creating my my own content and kind of my own personal brand online, I was like, oh, this is so much fun. Like there's so much you can do and so much you can say and connect with people in a whole new way. Mm. Whereas as a model, you're always just kind of this two-dimensional image that people see and they're like, Awesome. Like, you're really pretty. Like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. You know? So. Yeah, they get to know you. Like, the yeah. real you. And yeah. it is cool. Because I, I watch you on YouTube, and I was like, wow. She's so cool. <laughs> you know, because I've always seen you. And I'm like, wow. I did think that. I'm like, wow. She's got a great personality. Like, and not that I assumed otherwise, but you're like, oh, you know, you don't. I don't know. It really that- translates on YouTube, too. Yes. Especially if it's, like, more just you. Yeah. Right? Not yeah. scripted. And yeah. just kind of very… Yeah, valuable. Yeah, and you mentioned imposter syndrome, you know, and I'm sure even when you were 17 and you were going through your modeling career, you were feeling that quite a bit. What is the imposter syndrome you're feeling right now? I mean, I think because I'm a model and I was so used to being, I'm going to say it again, booked and busy and like shooting and on magazines and doing covers and like New York Fashion Week and all this stuff. And right now I'm pregnant. It's COVID. I'm not really participating in that much right now. Like, mostly by choice, but also just like, it's just not the right time. But sometimes I'm just like, oh, am I just like old and irrelevant? And like, Mm. is anyone going to care? And like, I think also I'm like, oh, does everyone follow me? Because I, they think I was like this super glamorous, cool model. And now I'm like a pregnant lady in New York. Who's like, (laughs) you know, you know, family channels pop off. (laughs) So true. Um, But I think I just get like, I don't feel interesting. I don't feel relevant. Mm. And then you look at what everyone else is doing and you're like, oh, that looks, that looks cool and glamorous. I I used to do that. I literally Mm. was showing my husband like one of my New York Fashion Week vlogs. And I'm like, isn't this so cool? Oh my God, I fucking love that. (laughs) It's like, uh uh-huh. And he was like, I've already seen this. And I'm like, so what? Yeah, <laughs> You're like, it's better the second time, okay? <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think just putting out content, there's always, I think anyone, I'm sure you guys can relate to this. Before you press send or post, you're kind of like, Mm-hmm. Is anyone mm-hmm. going to care? Mm-hmm. But I definitely feel like almost like, I guess, a lack of confidence while while being pregnant in a way. I don't know Aww. if that's linked to like mm-hmm. my body, my career, what I'm so used to doing. So it's just kind of like navigating that. Yeah. 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 I was, I was just thinking about like some of, some of the people that 
we've had on the show and people that I just follow and respect and kind of go to the most, you know, they are say more so in their 40s, maybe 50s. And mainly women are feeling this kind of imposter syndrome feeling because I think the like youth is so rewarded and successful, the TikTok, the, you know what I mean? So it's just really interesting. Cause like I, I look at you and where you are now and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Yes. Like you are growing a human. You are a a normal person who is like going through these life transitions that Mm -hmm. so many of us do. So it's just interesting to hear you say that because I totally validate what you're feeling. And as an outsider, I'm like, wow, this is really just beautiful and interesting. And like, you've lived so many lives in your life and you will continue to live so many lives. And like, I think that's what I love about like true influencers or just people that are more public and online. But yeah, I just, I, I wanted to like, just pin that like feeling. Cause I think a lot of women, especially who have been in a particular industry for a while are feeling that like, mm-hmm. oh, who's coming up? Oh God, yes. I got to do mm-hmm. TikTok now too. And I got to do this and that. And it's like, I, I feel, I feel for, you know, that pressure, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty, it's pretty intense. And I wonder if it'll change because I also want like, I have this feeling where I'm like, I want kids to be kids. Yes. <laughs> I want them to like be kids and not feel like they need to be famous at 17 yes. on TikTok and kind of allow the adults to like be the ones that we kind of look to, you know, the people that have experience. I don't know. <laughs> it's so true. And like a 40-year-old, a 50-year-old, I feel the same way. I gravitate towards their stories and mm-hmm. how many different things they have done and accomplished mm-hmm. and how many times they've switched careers or made a hobby into something. But I agree that like now youth is just so celebrated and so important and so relevant. It was funny. I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about how many actors and actresses just totally miss when they try to go on TikTok. And they just know that someone's 100%. manager, someone's <laughs> totally. manager is I telling like them. It. Yeah, I do too. Like another fail. You like cringe watch because yes, you're like, oh, jeez. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. But you know, their manager was like, this is what the kids are doing. Yes. And you're uh-huh. going to do it too. Also just like, dude, why? <laughs> totally. Like I just, that whole thing, I'm like, you have enough money. Just like chill. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just chill. Like, you have enough money. Stop doing that. It's just weird to me. I'm like, you Mm -hmm. guys are weirding me out. Mm Because they're just at their house. They're like, like, I don't know. (laughs) I know. There's almost like an element of mystery or like separation that's gone now that like you used to want to know so badly what the inside of a celebrity's bedroom would look like or their bathroom cabinet. And now we just Exactly. Chris, you would be like, whoa, now we know. It's just out there. It's on their TikTok. Mm, It's on their Instagram. I know it is so much of like the more Mm -hmm. world. And that is like being a digital creator. You know, it's every, it never stops. Like you technically could be storing everything, posting every day, posting four times a day on TikTok, on YouTube, da, 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 da. It just like the list never ends. So how do you sort of like keep your head about the social media world? Yeah, it's hard. Like, I'm not even going to lie. There are certain things like now that I'm going to have a baby, I'm like, how much am I going to share of that? And that not only the journey or how I feel about it, because I don't know how much people will relate to that or not, but also the actual child itself. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I've talked about this with another friend of mine. She's like, you're just so proud after you give birth. And you're like, it's the coolest thing you've Mm -hmm. ever done. But at the same time, you're like, 
you, I, I'm like, I like don't have your consent to like put you all over the internet, but I want to so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure is going to be the case. I'm like that with my dog. I'm mm-hmm. literally like, here's another picture of my dog's little scruffy face. You're going to love it. <laughs> Trust me. Um, but for like how I navigate it, it changes from day to day. Like my husband is really private and does not have any social media. And like, sometimes I share him and then sometimes I'm like, I feel bad almost. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. he just doesn't, this isn't his thing. And mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be out there and he doesn't want people to know what he's doing. And like, that's so weird because it's quite normal. Yeah. Actually. Yes. <laughs> to be like, I forget I, that yeah, about people. I'm like, forget. Oh, right. What I do is kind of, mm-hmm. They odd to you. Like, it's very, an odd experience. Yeah. They don't need to know, like, where you're eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and, like, mm-hmm. what you did on that, like, very nice Saturday. But I try to just share things that make me happy or smile or I hope make someone else feel that way or something that is relatable or something like that. But I am kind of mindful of not oversharing, especially during this time. But also like pregnancy is very triggering for people when you share like what's going on with you. The amount Mm. of like very mean messages that I get from people. (laughs) Saying what? Like I shared like a self-care video yesterday and it was kind of like an extra self-care video. But I was like, this is what I'm doing. Like I have lots of aches and pains going on. I'm trying to like chill here. And people were like, seriously, like, you're never going to be able to do this again when you have a baby. Like, this is the end of, like, life the way you knew it. And, like, people were like, no one else can actually do this. Like, I don't know, just kept going on and on. And I was like— What do you mean? Yeah, like, I'm also like, maybe that's true, but people love to just be like, oh, just wait. Oh, dude, moms do that. Moms, like, moms on the internet do that. They're like, just wait. You're smiling now. You're not going to smile then. And you're like— hey, this is like a free self-care routine that took 15 minutes. You don't know anything about my life. And it's just like, get off the internet talking shit about people and maybe take like the, you're not with your kids. Mm -hmm. You're commenting mean things. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Someone said to me once at dinner, I forget what we were talking about, but it was in relation to like being a mom and being a parent. And this girl was like, people want to see women miserable. They want to see you miserable. And I, I normally I would not subscribe to something like that, but I was like, I, that's actually kind of true. So wow. Yeah. Well, I think Yo. like misery loves company. And yeah. so yes. if like someone can make another person feel like, oh, wow, I haven't thought about that. Yeah, that really does suck. And then they're like, yeah. You know, like they yes. feel validated in a weird yes. fucked up way. Yeah. Yes. You know, oftentimes this is going real deep, but like oftentimes I feel like the partner isn't validating what they're going through. You yes. know what I mean? So they're kind of misdirecting their resentment or their yes. feeling. Totally. Yes. You know? Yes. Every DM like that, I'm always like, I know. you need to work that out with your yeah. therapist. I know. Do you respond to to every everything or like? Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, not everything, but I do respond to some, a lot of DMs. Um, positive ones, like when people write a really long, thoughtful message or they're like sharing of something, of course. But sometimes people say mean things and I do just say like, shut up back. <laughs> I <fucking> love <laughs> that. Just shut up or like that. something like that. And Would I love a shut up? <laughs> I'm bringing that up. back. <laughs> My husband didn't know this about me, but I, I say shut up or just like, like get, like, just like, all sorts of things. Up. One time I did send someone like a picture of me giving them the middle finger. My that. husband had no idea that I, I do that sometimes. I'm so obsessed. we were sharing it at dinner and he was like, wait, what? And I was like, 
well, it's really annoying. I, was like, yes, I love that. <laughs> and he's like, show me right now. And I showed <laughs> And he was cracking uh, up because he was like, Emily, what the hell? And I was like, I don't know, blame the hormones. Just sometimes I'm just shut up. Yeah, <laughs> shut up. Shut up is a good one. <laughs> Dude, shut up. Yeah, and it's almost like sometimes you just want to surprise them and just be like mean as fuck. <laughs> you know, where they're like, oh, you think you can do self-care? It's like, yeah, that's right, bitch. Because <laughs> they expect everyone that's like an influencer to be like, you're right. I probably can. Thanks for letting me know. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm going to star your comment. You know what? To I'm going to think about that. Yeah, honestly. Fuck I'm glad you brought that to my attention. I'm going to star your comment so I show that I take other people's opinions into consideration. <laughs> it's like, dude. Dude, I'm always like, my page, my rules, baby. Yeah. Lock, lock. My page, my rules. I think that's the only way to stay sane. Mm-hmm. That's the only way to stay. And it's almost just like you laugh about it. I do, yeah. You know, you yeah. gotta laugh. You gotta be like, yo, Literally. dude. Because if you, you can't be groveling. That's what I realized too. You can't be like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna take every one of your opinions into my consideration when I'm thinking yes. about this. It's like, yeah, there is part of it where like I will truthfully think of things, but you can't be, when people are just like word vomiting, a lot of times when I reply, they're like, oh, fuck, I actually, you know, realized I. Or I didn't know life, you'd reply. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I realized in my life that I da-da-da-da, and they'll go on. I'm like, you're welcome, I guess. Yeah. Like for the mirror. That's mm-hmm. always my favorite response. I didn't know you, I didn't think you'd reply. Like, I'm so sorry. And I'm Shut like, up. what? Do you, who do you think is doing all this behind <laughs> here? We're all like pretty yes. much running our own 100%. Hundred percent. Yes. I definitely am. So. I didn't think you'd reply. You're like, <laughs> Hi. <laughs> You're welcome. They're like, now what? They're like, you send the, fi- the picture. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> They're like, now that I have you, I love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we love to talk about like just kind of pregnancy and that transition from, you know, the like life as model, right? Like all consuming, so successful. You still are and will be successful in so many ways, including modeling. But I feel like there is this like grieving process that no one talks about when you transition identities of sorts and now transitioning into motherhood. What's, what's the feeling? Yeah. I mean, I think I definitely struggled with it. Like even just in comparison to my partner, my husband, Kyle, like you find out you're pregnant, like your life changes right then, right there. Like almost Every decision you make, how you work out, how you eat, Mm -hmm. how you sleep, literally, like, can only sleep on your side. Like, who you're talking to, like, the books you're reading, it all changes right then and there. Whereas, like, my husband, Kyle, I remember I I said something to him, like, it's, like, all I think about. Like, do you think about it a lot? Like, it's crazy, right? And he's like, I don't think I think about it as much as you do. (laughs) He was like, but I think that's, like, for evolutionary purposes. And I'm like, wow, like, your life hasn't changed aside from Mm -hmm. like tripping over a million boxes that I ordered of like baby stuff. He's like living his life and doing his thing and it doesn't change. But I think in terms of like career and all of that, like pregnancy physically and mentally, I feel like, and spiritually, it kind of slows you down, or at least for me, whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. Like you need naps and you can't crush it at the gym like you used to. Like, I love working out. Like, there's just so many things that, like, it just slowed down. And it's like, my brain is just not firing at all speeds or all cylinders. 
But you do kind of, on, on some moments, there's like that frustration. Like I do have that where I just get like, oh, I just want to like feel good. And I want to like go for a run and not feel like I'm going to fall forward on my face on this like watermelon <laughs> belly of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to put on a pair of high-rise jeans, you know, mm. just stuff like that. But I allow myself to have those moments of frustration. And like, luckily, I did consciously make a choice to reach out to friends of mine or try to get closer to friends of mine who have had children or were currently pregnant. Like, I remember I went through my phone and I was like, who here can I talk to about this? Because it is hard with like your friends who are like, I have friends who are much younger and like, they're in the West Village and like going out. And I'm just like, guys, I'm like crying over here about a pair of pants that don't fit. I got to just address this with someone else. <laughs> um, and I, I I definitely do kind of mourn certain aspects of my life. Like my YouTube channel, I look at the videos, like I mentioned earlier, like I'm like, oh, I, I like took it for granted, mm-hmm. like how busy I was and how exciting things were. And you know, how much, how much I enjoyed being out there and like creating content and capturing my life and being on set and being with different people all the time. That's also like a COVID thing too, you know, like that, that changed so much. But I think the biggest thing is like just letting yourself have those moments, but not letting them take, take over. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes I'm like, if I let this thought and this like frustration linger on, like I cried, I, we were on our baby moon and I was like super upset because I was just like really uncomfortable. And I just wanted to have a glass of wine and I wanted to like not be so out of breath. And like, there's just so many things. And I was like, I was crying because I'm like, what if I feel like this all the way until the end and like doomsday? And it's like, you just have to kind of be like, well, I'm not going to let that happen. I have to be in control of like, I'm the main character here. So mm-hmm. like, how can I, yes. you know, turn this around? But I also feel frustrated sometimes at moments because I'm like, I have so many ideas and so many things I want to do. And I get into moments where I'm like in a Google doc and I'm like, this is going to be amazing. And then I'm like, is this, like, can I do this right now? Like, should I do this right now? Like, I'm going to be having a baby in three months. Like, what if the baby comes and I'm like, this is the stupidest thing ever or unsustainable or like whatever it may be. So there's a lot of self-doubt for me that has come with it. Yeah, it's, I wonder too, like when you're doing the videos at New York Fashion Week and before, if you would have been like, you probably would have been sitting there at Fashion Week and like, God, I'd rather be home. I'm like chilling and like, pregnant with my love of my life. You know, it's so weird how Mm -hmm. we kind of do this, like this was better. You know, we kind of always want to be where we're not where we are. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, I'm pregnant with my home, my house. And you're like, I'd rather be out. And then when you're out, you're like, I'd rather be home. It's like always Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And I think that's hard because I think we all get into that mentality, you know, where you're like, and then when you have your baby, you're like, oh my gosh, you will totally forget about it. It'll be, but for your, your eating and your workouts, like and your routine, like how have you changed that to adjust? Yeah. I mean, for eating, I've had to, I think that being pregnant forces you to eat more intuitively than ever. You like don't have a choice. I guess I'm using intuitive eating as like a very positive term for being like, if I want a cheeseburger, like I'm going to have a cheeseburger. Like pregnancy will definitely do that to you. Like there are just some days where I'm like, I need a sandwich, like and a big freaking sandwich. Like I just need like that in my life. Um, so I feel like with food, I feel much more kinder, gentler, and more, and I eat much more intuitively because every day is so different. And I also hate everything that I used to love and like vice versa, which sucks. Like 
my husband's like making the dinner last night that we used to eat and love and all the time. And I'm like, I can't even look at that. And now the whole house smells like this and I'm going to cry. What was it? (laughs) It was like this grilled salmon with like Brussels sprouts. Like this whole thing that we used to eat like constantly. And I'm like, I like can't even look at this. And I feel like I can smell it on my clothes now. And I'm upset. You're like, how could you? (laughs) It's awful. But for workouts, that's also been a harder one for me just because like I love lifting weights. Like that's my favorite type of workout. I love lifting heavy weights. I love high intensity workouts. It's just my favorite feeling ever. And I, you know, when you have a great workout like that, you leave the gym and you feel amazing. And I have multiple times in my pregnancy pushed it maybe too hard. And then you leave and you will regret it. Like the rest of the day, you're done. You can't do anything else. You're too tired. You just, your energy source is so Mm. low. I feel like, um, So I've had to be much lighter with my workouts, but I still work out with a trainer like two to three times a week, still lift weights, just like much less intense. I do Pilates, but only because my OB told me that her patients who do Pilates give birth quicker. And I was like, do you mean that? (laughs) I'm not a Pilates person. Like I try so hard Mm. and I get in there and I'm like, why do you guys like this? Like it's so boring. Um, But, uh, and so that's kind of been like my routine for working out and then just like trying to get in like as many steps as I can a day. Mm. Which I feel like the pandemic did that to everyone, like st- step counting. Like oh, I feel like yes. everyone's like getting in my like ten thousand steps. Yes. My aura ring. Me too. I'm charging mine. I you are. Have it. Aura <laughs> ring is light. It's the best. People so message good. me like, "Do you love it?" You're like, "I don't think you understand." I love it. I love it. We're yeah, big on trackers in our house. We yes. have that, and then we also have eight sleep. So like that's that? mad. Oh, that's. The Tim Ferriss thing? Yes. What yes. is it? Gosh, my husband is like a Tim Ferriss maniac. Uh-huh. Anything he recommends, he buys. So it's like this mat, and you can cool the bed down with it, but it also is much better at tracking sleep than Aura Ring because it tracks all of your movement and tosses and turns. We're big on trackers. I don't wow. know if I could do with that. That would kind of—I'm a mover at night. Lindsay's like this. I, I'm, I'm in a coffin. <laughs> She's literally like, goodbye. <laughs> And I'm like, I move all That's night. That's only when I'm in, like, usually when I'm in bed with someone that I'm like, oh, I can't, like, you know, I'm not going to, like, stick my hand. Sleeping? <laughs> I, know, I like, don't know. I, I tell my brain. Yeah, my brain's you're like, like, you're like, codependency you doesn't quit. <laughs> <laughs> you're sleeping. So sure. kind. Literally, I don't get it. I'm, like, rolling around. But, yeah, the aura ring for sleep isn't the best, but for steps, mm-hmm. nothing better. Yeah. Nothing Agreed. better. Love it. Um, what has been like really positive about your pregnancy experience? Like just relationship with body or skin, hair. I don't know. I hear all these things like that improve or. Mm -hmm. I think like my favorite thing that has come with it is like a groundedness and a confidence and like, and I don't give a frick attitude that comes with it. Like I think. I used to spend so much time thinking about how other people were perceiving me and how they felt and what they thought and if this was okay if I did this and, oh, I really want this, but I feel bad telling them that. When you're pregnant, you're like, listen, I don't feel good and I don't want to eat that and I don't want to go there. This uh-huh. is what I want to do. <laughs> Whereas, I like, it, it, I don't know. There's just like an unapologeticness. That's, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a word that has come with it for me, but I think like just because I felt so on the other side, like so overly considerate that I would rather other people choose and say always because I would be like, as long as you're happy, I'm happy. And I'm like that mm-hmm. in my relationship too. And then all of a sudden I'd always be like, well, I actually like hate this restaurant. Don't want to be here. When you're pregnant, you're like, no, 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 no. 
I'm going to tell you what we're going to do because yeah. this is what I need. Or I actually don't feel like going to that dinner or seeing that person. They don't make me feel great or X, Y, and Z. So I think like that confidence and kind of sureness is really, really nice. And I would say also like I do, there is like a connectiveness that comes with like being pregnant. And like, I remember when I would tell people or start sharing it with people, even with strangers, like they're automatically like, are you okay? Like, what do you need? Like, like, this is what helped me. This is what I did. Like women just connect to it so much, which is really awesome. And it's a whole new genre. And like that opens up. And I was like, wow, like, I mean, obviously like motherhood is big things, how we all got here, but it definitely connects you with people in a totally new way. Like Mm. even with my own mom, right? Like we're talking about being pregnant and like how it was for her and how it was for me. I was like talking to the other day about like, um, going into labor and all that. And she's like, I don't know. Like I had back labor and you, like I had no contractions and I don't know, 30 minutes later, you were just there and that's how it was. It's like, it's no big deal. And so I'm funny. Like, the brain's like, forget all know, the, honestly. the craziness. I'm like, okay, is that all right? Is that helpful? <laughs> I mean, it's just interesting to hear because I'm like, yeah, you went through this three times, like mm-hmm. 30 years ago. Like I, it's totally valid. Um, but I do love the connectiveness that it brings with other women. I've enjoyed yeah. that. What about with Kyle? With Kyle, I think like, it's just, he's so prepared mm-hmm. and like on top of things all the time. And so I think it's definitely brought like a solidness, a groundedness, like a level of partnership that I really enjoy and like. Like you're like, we're making a a whole person. They're going to be in that room soon. Um, And just like talking about who will be as parents, what we liked as what our parents did, what what we want to instill in our children. Um, I really do like that. It's like manifesting or envisioning your future, like creating kind of like a mood board in your head of like what you picture. I really, really enjoy that. And you know, it's nice to see him just kind of like get excited for like being a dad and especially a girl dad. Like mm-hmm. it's sweet. And I know it's going to bring like a level of softness to him that I think is going to be like very beneficial because mm-hmm. he's very like type A and rigid and like, this is what you do and this is how it works. And then and people are like, oh, just wait till you have a, a child and especially mm-hmm. a girl. Like she's just going to be wrapped around your finger <laughs> and all of your rules go out the window. Um, so I, I definitely like look forward to that, but I do like, it it definitely grounds you in a way and it's made me feel like definitely like a stronger connection to your life, I guess. Mm, Yeah. Have you had to have any hard conversations with him? Yeah, definitely. Because like, I mean, I think for me, the hardest part was just the body changes at first. Mm -hmm. Like, and I just remember being like, I need you to tell me every single day that I look amazing that I am just it's simple so, so mm-hmm. gorgeous it's a simple ass <laughs> yeah simple Easy. I just need you to Free. be really I'll say that to yeah. Justin I'm like did I look so pretty today he's like I told you twice I'm like when I'm like yeah. I don't think so <laughs> like how loud did you say I literally I'm like did you text it I'm not sure I heard <laughs> yeah I mean I, my love language is words of affirmation mm-hmm. but I think also just like when my body really started changing and I was feeling uncomfortable and like unsure and there's nothing that can prepare you for what happens. I just remember being saying to him, like, I really need you to like celebrate me and champion me. And his love language is not words of affirmation. Like he's always like, I think you're beautiful. Do I have to tell you like every day, like five times a day? I'm like, yes. 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 Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Cause I forgot. 
And mm-hmm. I need to say it again. And it needs Isn't to be it, unique. It yeah. needs to get unique. Yeah. The thing about the love languages, that's what's interesting. It's like, you can know your own. You're like, I am words of affirmation. But the important part is like, that you learn to give what your partner, you know what yes. I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, his is acts of service. So mm. his is like helping me with so many other things and like going out of his way and like cooking me dinner, which is so nice. But when he's like, I really like that outfit. It's like really nice on you. I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so this whole nice. thing. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh. It's funny too. Like as the longer you date, it's like at the beginning, you're like, babe, you look hot. Yeah. And then as you get longer, you're like, you look nice. And you're like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, have I gotten uglier? Like, it always, it becomes like nicer. It's like, you look nice. You're like, oh, you look cute. You're like, cute. <laughs> what? I was sexy. Oh I was God. sexy years ago. I'm looking at these pants. Sean, I wore these probably like five days in a row. And he's just, and I didn't think guys saw, like yeah. noticed or cared. And he's like, you know, do you think we can get you like a new... <laughs> He's like, I don't know. I just want to see you in like new clothes. And I was like, what? And it like, I was like, whoa. Like sometimes I get into those things where I'm like, yes. you know, he thinks I'm beautiful and all these things. But then I'm like, also, Lindsay, you've been wearing the same thing for five days and maybe someone cares. Yeah. <laughs> They're paying attention. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which, yeah, I, I was like, oh, you're paying attention. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Um, but I think that was definitely one conversation I had to have. And like, that needs to be like a yeah. concerted effort on his end. And I think also just the frustration and resentment in a way that I felt towards him in moments, like I mentioned earlier, like everything's different for me. My body's changing. I feel like I'm making all these sacrifices. And you're just like in there on your conference call and you're like, I'm expecting. And everyone's like, yay. And I'm like, so true. <laughs> But, uh, but you're not, you're not doing so anything. <laughs> Total resentment. That's so relatable. That's hilarious. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. That is so funny. Um, but I think those are like the two biggest things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. You're like, yeah. They're like, congrats. It's like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. How many more months? Yeah, literally. He's like, I don't know. Yeah. I sent him the other day. I'm like, oh, I'm like 26 weeks or something. He's like, this is flying by. I'm like, I love him. I literally was like, is it? Yeah. Is, is it? Oh, wow. Okay. He's All like, right. oh, fuck. <laughs> I love that when they just never know, they they never know what to expect. Like, this is flying by. And you're like, is it? And he's like, oh, fuck. That was the wrong thing. <laughs> you know, he's like, God damn it. So wrong. Yeah, he's like, swung and missed once again. <laughs> I mean, in this too, you started your brand, mm-hmm. which yeah. is unreal. Yeah. I mean, we launched Covey, uh, my skincare brand in March. And then I found out like a week later that I was pregnant. Wow. So that was really surprising and, and shocking. Like we weren't trying, but we weren't not, not trying. Um, but I did not expect that at all. And that was like, I looked at like the videos and photos from like our launch week. And I'm like, I was pregnant here and I had no idea. Like, and I was like so stressed and like getting everything ready and so amped up and excited and all these things. And I'm like, that poor little thing, like held on tight because there's a lot going on in that week. Like, is this going to be like this forever? very, a lot of action, but it's definitely been, luckily my business partner, Christina, she is my best friend. So when it all started happening and that first trimester is rough, you're tired, you're nauseous, all that, like I could lean on her heavily and be like, listen, I I, I gotta like just get through these few weeks. Like I might not be mm-hmm. quite as on it as I would like to be, mm-hmm. but actually that's like really insane that I reflect on it, that those first few months wow, I was pregnant, of launch and everything. Yeah. But it's almost like in it, like you know, you have 
always been so busy. You're just like, this is what we do. Yeah. This yeah. is what we do. But yes, like your body is going through a massive change. It's affecting not only physically, but mentally, emotionally. Yes. Yeah. I absolutely wouldn't have it any other way though. You know, like yeah. if I was pregnant and just not doing anything and just kind of like sitting around, that's exactly what my mom said. She's like, I just sat around for all three of you and just waited for you to come. Like you're doing <laughs> way too much. But I'm like, if I did that, I can't even imagine like how, how I would mm. feel like being productive and like connecting with my community or whatever it may be, like those satisfy me and make me feel good in a totally different way. So I don't think I would change that. Did you know that the drugs we take to manage period cramps were invented in the 1950s and exclusively tested on men? (laughs) What? It's literally outrageous that there hasn't been more innovation when it comes to periods. Deloon is changing that with dietitian formulated solutions that relieve our symptoms while actually supporting cycle health. Because our cycles affect every aspect of our wellness, period pain, mood, sleep, skin, metabolism, energy, and more. I, I don't know about you, but you know, some some months I'm like, oh my gosh, like everything has to stop, but it really can't because I'm experiencing you know, really bad cramps or headaches, fatigue, bloating, you name it. I've really tried a lot of things. And while I think I've gotten most of my symptoms under control, it doesn't mean they still don't happen and kind of disrupt my flow. So I was really excited to find Deloon and recommend it to a lot of my friends and they have been absolutely loving it. I was talking to a friend the other day that experienced like really, really bad periods, cramps and just all these symptoms. And she was so happy uh, to try Deloon. She's noticed that her symptoms have subsided. They don't last as long. They're not as intense and she can really just be in her life, which is really nice. So Deloon Nutritional Solutions are dietitian formulated to work with your cycle health, not against it. It'll help you all month long while also relieving your cramps and PMS during your period. Deloon creates effective drug-free supplements for period cramps, PMS, and optimal cycle health. So you can get the relief you need naturally, which I'm all about, and start feeling like your best self. So if you want high potency, fast acting supplements for your period cramps, PMS, and really getting your cycle health in its prime top condition, like 92% of their customers report that relief, try to loon. Leave bad periods behind and start the new year off with 23% off. Go to cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. If Deloon isn't the right match for you, your money back is guaranteed. That's cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. As a model, I was like always doing beauty campaigns. My skin was so important for my life. And I kind of came from the more is more mentality, meaning like I would be at work and if anyone recommended anything to me, I'd be buying it and I would be adding it to my routine. You'd be like, which step? No, 14. You're like, perfect. Yes. Like I had a whole thing. I already have one of those, but I'll do this one too. Yes. And my skin would just be like falling off when I would go to work. (laughs) And like, I would be always working with the same makeup artist and she'd be like, what? 
are you doing? Mm. And I'd be like, it'd be like peeling everyone. And I'd be like, oh, I'm using like this new thing. Yes. And like, it just takes a few days. Um, I realized that I was combining all of the wrong products, all of the wrong ingredients. Um, I realized that I was messing up three key things, which was like, I had no idea what products I needed in my routine. I had no idea if they worked together. And I had no idea what step they were supposed to actually be used in. And then myself and my business partner, we shared this kind of common confusion, overwhelmness with skincare. And we did a ton of research on skincare addiction on Reddit. We were on Twitter. We were in my comments on YouTube and realized that people felt the exact same way. They were so confused about those key three things. The beautiful thing about the internet, like it just tells you because these forums and these places, people are having massive conversations about what they're confused about. So we decided to create this simple three-step compatible routine. Um, we partnered with a dermatologist. So we just wanted to take the guesswork out of creating mm. a skincare routine for people. And we wanted them to feel taken care of. It's like, these are the three steps that you need to have great skin. But it took us three years to formulate. We tested it on over 150 different people with different skin types, ages, backgrounds. It was a very long process to get the products right. But I'm glad that we we took the time to do it. But it's all that I use and we love it so much. And we've gotten such a great response, which I'm so, so happy about. Um, but going from being like just a model to like then a content creator to now like having a business. And this really isn't one of those things where like, you know, lots of celebrities and people just like put their name on yes. something and like put it out there. This was a very long, long process mm -hmm. that we went through and the formulation process. So on one hand, I love it because I'm like in every single inch of the business and like what's happening. But then sometimes I'm like, oh, it would be nice if it was just... <laughs> Slap a sticker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah honestly. I know. You're like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but big time imposter syndrome there, right? On that For note. Sure. Like there's just on calls, like I would always tell my business partner, we're always on Gchat while we're on calls together. And I'd be like, this is the question I want to ask. And I would just send it to her because I would be like, That's I don't feel comfortable. I'm just a model or I'm just this. Mm. Like, I'm not a business person. I don't know. Uh, that's been the hardest thing for sure. You're like, I look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, so tell me. You're like, I have good skin. I look pretty. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm on G-chat like, ask them this. What's yeah. with this? Yes. But like, it's it's so funny to to think about that because like as a model, like you've had to be kind of like your own, it's like entrepreneurship in another way. Yes. You know, you have a manager, you have all these things, but it's like, you really like, you have to manage your schedule in a way. You have to like keep up like with the skin, your body, et cetera. Like it is a whole other type of entrepreneurship. Like that's making you a lot of money and and you're really successful. So with this, you know, have you, I guess, what have you learned about yourself as you've kind of gotten over that hump of like being an imposter and like what your strengths are within the business? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the key things that I've surprised myself with, I guess, is like that I have pretty good judgment. I think with that imposter syndrome came so much doubt and feeling like, I don't know. And I've, I didn't go to college and I didn't go to business school. And this person's super smart and experienced, but it's actually like my experiences and my work as a model and travel and working with so many different types of people. Like I actually am okay at navigating like kind of difficult situations or conversations at times way more than I realized. Um, I'm like, oh, I've dealt with way more difficult people than this at work, like 
I got this. Yeah, you're like, I fuck you in the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, if you had DM'd me this, you would definitely get a shut up. But because in a business context, let's work this out. <laughs> um, I think, so I, I've been like happily impressed with my, that I have good judgment and awareness. Mm-hmm. I think I would always think like, oh, I'm not like book smart or anything like that, but I'm, I'm good with people. So like, I'd be like, oh, I'm, I, I don't have, I don't have IQ, mm-hmm. but I have EQ. And it's actually like, no, like, those things are blended. Like you having one or the other, it's not necessarily always better. Um, but I think I'm so glad that I've gotten to this point. Cause it's like, I was so afraid to like ever launch anything. And then you're like, you, you always impress yourself. I feel mm-hmm. like, which I'm sure you guys can relate with. You put something out or you do something you're so scared and you're like, that's so much better. This came out way better than I ever could have dreamed. And I wasn't even going to do it, you know? Yes. So yeah, and then when it's, ref- it's important though, when it's like reflected back to you and like, that's amazing. You're like, oh, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, it is always appreciated with like your team and your support. And so besides Kyle and your best friend, like, are you guys, is that your main support for everything? Because it's hard to do this also. Like, who's your support? Meaning like in terms of the business, yes. who else is involved? Yeah. So we just hired a chief growth officer, which is really oh. awesome. She's so smart and she's just so awesome and fits in with us so well. Because it's like, it's kind of hard. It's me and my best friend, right? And I'm like, I feel like anyone walking into that situation might be like, Oh, like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to, she's just so great. Like we had a bunch of events in the Hamptons this summer and we were all like, we were, I was like, well, why don't we just all stay together? Which like very startup-y, but I'm like, it's fine. And she just totally gets it. Like she's one of us and she just fits in so perfectly. And then we also have someone else who supports us more on like the administrative customer service side of things. Um, but it's just the four of us. And for a while it was just me and Christina. And then for a moment, it was kind of just Christina because like mm-hmm. I was like throwing up in the toilet. Um, but luckily now it's like four great women. Like we all just kind of power through everything together, which is awesome. Wow. wow. What's the dream for the brand? I mean, I think the dream is like, of course, to launch more products like in the shorter term. And we always really are committed to creating skincare essentials that people can use like all skin types, backgrounds, and ages. But I think generally like creating this routine really resonated with a lot of people and finding a way to bring more simple, effective routines into people's lives, whether that be in another category or in another way, whether it be through content or product, whatever it may be. I think that's kind of the goal, but to continue to build the brand and, you know, have true fans and people who love it and it's like changed their life um their lives is the main goal mm-hmm. i love that yeah the yeah. moisturizer texture is really nice yeah. thank you i'm know. all about the texture mm-hmm. all of it's got to be that texture it's texture so good under so makeup nice. mm-hmm. good under makeup and then i like the vitamin c yeah the nice. vitamin c it's awesome it's like most people are used to kind of like that different. Mm-hmm. Most people use L-ascorbic acid, which has like that really weird smell and it has that orangey look yes. to it. Sometimes people always complain that it was like too harsh or the smell was so bad that it also oxidizes L-ascorbic acid and loses all of its effectiveness. Whereas we use THD ascorbate with our vitamin C, which is more gentle, more stable, meaning like it oxidizes, mm. it doesn't oxidize and lose all of its effectiveness and does a better job at penetrating the skin. It has like a completely different texture. So people are yes. always like, and no smell. 
Because mm-hmm. that smell, the I hot dog water. I thought that too. Mm. I was like, wow. Because I <laughs> the hot to that. dog water, damn. Yeah, where it's like orangey and then kind of like mm-hmm. burns and smells like orange. Yeah. I'm like, this is vitamin C. <laughs> <laughs> Antioxidant. Yeah. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. Ow. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, the products are are amazing. I'm glad. Truly. I'm glad you guys yeah. enjoy yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. We are skincare critics, so. <laughs> That's awesome. We keep it simple though. Yeah, I'm truly. not like a… I don't like all the steps. It's like mm-hmm. with hair care. You're like, okay, I got matte spray, volumizing spray, shine spray. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? There's so many things. You're like, what? Hair care is another one. Like, where it's like texturizing, mm-hmm. curling one. I'm like, which one makes my hair look good? Thickening. Yes. It, just like, help blah, blah, blah. me. I know. Same. I know. I think <laughs> just overall simplifying the routine is mm-hmm. like something that I'm hearing more and more of where it's just like, could because we can get so, we're so inundated online with like, try this, do this, product this, you know, mm-hmm. routine this. And it's like, okay, I see the value in that, but also like it's confusing people. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so many experts and like mm-hmm. voices in the space, which is awesome because people never had access to that before. But at the same time, it's like, what do I really need here? 100%. Because I'm not here to try 11 Face and everyone's yes. getting paid for it too. So it's like it's hard, hard to know. be like, what's what's real? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, one of those, I'm one of those people. But I'm honest. Um, where can people connect with you and, and learn more and follow your journey, especially being pregnant? And yeah. Mom. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can find me at Emily DiDonato on Instagram and YouTube, TikTok. I believe I'm DiDonato Emily. Uh, skincare for Covey is just at Covey. Um, come say hello. I promise I won't say shut up. I mean, <laughs> unless you... <laughs> Gotta come correct. You me. <laughs> Our community comes correct. They are like <laughs> I know. They're like literally the... Ki- everyone always yeah. says, they're like, your community is the kindest, nice. They're mm-hmm. so the oh, that's great mm-hmm. to They're going to love you. That's awesome. I'm so glad. Yes. And we'll probably send you a middle arms. finger just to be <laughs> cheeky. Just to be cheeky. Yeah. <laughs> You're cozy. My DMs are just going to be like a bunch of... <laughs> that would be fucking rad. I know. Just to be everyone like... <laughs> So there's something really that, that's satisfying about the middle finger. You gave me yeah. the middle finger yesterday. I did yesterday. We were on a call and I was like, <laughs> it's just like the best. You're just like, <laughs> efficient. efficient. Yeah. Sometimes Justin, I'll be like in the room and he'll like open the door like, like, like blow his middle finger just to the door. That's really funny. Oh, well, thanks for being this here. This is so, yeah, so much fun. So thanks for fun. having me. Yes. This All is right. awesome. All right, guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Emily. You can find Emily Donato on Instagram, just her name and then her YouTube. She's also on TikTok. And then her brand is Covey. It's C-O-V-E-Y and it is incredible. And thank you to our sponsors for this episode. As always, just bringing you those brands that we love and use ourselves. We are, we consider ourselves the really good vetters of mm-hmm. brands for you all. So you can find all of our discount information in our show notes, as well as on our website, almost30.com. Just scroll down and click on partners. Thank you all for listening. If you loved this episode, please share with a friend. It means so much to us. And we'll see you on the next one. We'll see you soon. We love you guys. Bye.